12.05 p.m. Saturday on this dreary day. Over here, it's rainy and chilly. Well, for good reason. The 21st is the first day of winter, which I don't even like. Well, my favorite seasons are spring and fall. Summer would be doable if there was no, quote, humidity. And winter would be doable if there was no snow. Now, you look at other parts of the world, they have winter, but their winter is different. Look at California, for example. California, well, if you live in the northern part of California, up in the mountains, yes, you will get snow. But other parts of California, no. You know what they have? Nice weather, where you can wear, like, short sleeve shirts and, you know, decent type weather. Almost like spring, but their winter is a lot different than the winter here in the Northeast. And then you look, if you go further up towards the Great Lakes, well, they have record cold and a lot of snow. So anywhere you go, in, in, in whether it's here in the United States or even in parts of the world, so there are some countries that don't know what snow is, and then there are some countries that have lots of snow. And I don't know if I can deal with that. I'm not a snow person. I don't like the cold. I don't like the heat. I want it to be in between comfortable. I want to go on a tropical islands. You know, tropical islands with the beautiful blue water. And then when it gets dark, you get that moonlight and you just, it's like the way you would see it on these pictures. If you go to Google Images and you type in paradise and you see what I'm talking about. See, I have a bucket list of the things that I want to do. I want to travel to every country that I come into contact with. Now I've been to Greece, but I would go back there again um, because they're, when you're a child, it's different. You go with a family, it's like a family trip, and you only get to see certain things when you're a child. But when you're an adult, it's a different experience. See, I want to travel to every part of the world, starting from Europe, and then Africa, Asia, Oceania, because my cousins live in Australia. I would love to go there and see them. They live in the, in the area of Melbourne. I just want to go to all these different countries and even also go into like the islands too. Like I want to go to Bermuda and the Bahamas and, and, and Fiji and all those islands that people talk about. You know, I've never been. Now both my sisters have been to Hawaii and I've always wanted to go there. But I know it's very hot and very tropical and they get a lot of hurricanes. But they also get hurricanes here in certain parts of the United States. More so in Florida. You know, Florida is the hurricane zone. I don't know if I can live in an area where there's constant hurricanes. And then again, down there is always hot. They always have the air conditioning on. It's like, they don't see the seasons the way you would up here. But then, then you think that every part of the world's different when it comes to the weather. Some get, some countries get snow, some countries don't. I don't know, it's just so different, you know? Then you ask yourself this question, where would you rather live in this world? I'm like, I don't know. Because anywhere you go, it it's, it's, has to do with weather. For me, weather is a big deal. See, the cold for me bothers me, bothers my joints. I have a hard time. I get pains in my, in my knees from going up and down the steps. And then I, sometimes I get headaches from the cold. Then when it gets hot, I can't take the heat because the heat irritates me. If I'm in the sun, I have to have some type of sunscreen to protect myself because I don't want to get skin cancer. You know, back in the day, everybody would go out to the beach and get the suntan, but they said too much tanning. If you start from your early 20s and on, you know, there's a high risk that you can get some type of skin cancer. 
And I heard skin cancer is very painful. So I don't even want to try that. I'd rather be fair-skinned. You know? You have to take precautions in anywhere you go in the world. And you have to be always on the lookout. You have to remember where your surroundings are. I never go anywhere alone. Try to go with a group of people. Because, you know, it's better to be in a group. There's safety in numbers, of the number of people that you have with you, as opposed to venturing on your own. Like when you're on an island by yourself, you just don't know where you're going to be going. There could be bad parts of that place where, oh my God, I'm all alone, and someone can come out and just do whatever to you. But when you're in a group, again, more safety in numbers when you're in a group. Say to yourself, why would I even want to trek by myself to an island? Do you hear the horror stories on the news about young women getting abducted or raped? And if you're in another part of the world, they know that you're a tourist. Well, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't dress up like a tourist. Maybe you should kind of blend in with the crowd. Think about that. That, you know, again, that's important. You got to be careful of where you are and make sure you're not alone. They tell you that all the time. But of course, people don't want to listen. Why would they? That's why I still have like this travel bucket list of the things that I want to do. And I want to be able to see every country. There's certain countries that appeal to me more than others though. Like in Europe, I want to go to Greece again. I want to go to Italy, Spain. Um, and then in, in Asia, maybe Japan. Uh, I heard Thailand is pretty. And then in Africa, I want to go all the African countries, you know, all the different places in Africa. Um, and I also want to go Morocco and Dubai. Dubai, I heard, was really nice expensive, depending on what area of Dubai you go to. But a lot of people, I think one famous person actually went there. Some comedian, I think, went there and said it's beautiful. I mean, if you look at the pictures from the Travel Channel, when they do like a documentary on a specific area, you're like, wow, that is so beautiful, but I want to see it up close. And I always wanted to go to Morocco. I've always wanted to try Moroccan food. I've tried every nationality, every type of group. I've tried Greek and Thai and Japanese and Chinese and Italian and Spanish and, you know, the list goes on and on. But there are certain foods I haven't tried from other parts of the world that I really want to try. It's just a matter of, again, I'm a picky eater. If I like it, I'll eat it. If I don't like it, I won't. I was going to try everything new once, just one time. You know, the good thing about growing up with my family, my mom and dad didn't force us to eat all the food that was on the table because they knew I was a picky eater. You know, most parents will force their children to eat everything on their plate. Well, you can't do that. If they don't like it, don't force them to eat it. I mean, that's wrong. I'm sorry. Again, I was a picky eater. So again, I will try something new. If I like it, great. If I don't like it, I will not try it again. But you also have to remember something. When you go into another part of the world, they do eat bugs. Ew. Now, if they come over here and like, well, you people, well, those are the Americans are strange because they eat foods, but they're already dead. You know, like chicken and, 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 and all the other animals that are eaten. Now, I don't want even want to think about that because then you think, well, they slaughter animals for food here. And it's like, uh, no, I think I'll go vegan if that's the case because... 
I can't imagine these poor animals getting slaughtered just for us, for them, for us, for, for everyone to eat here, to eat animals that have been killed or watching them. I mean, the conditions are terrible. But I know people who've actually eaten bugs. Ew. Oh, they're a good source of nutrition and protein. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm sorry. I can't imagine eating a bug. I can't. Now, if you watch Fear Factor back in the day, oh, people will do anything for money. Oh, yeah, for a million dollars, I'll eat a live bug. No. <laughs> sorry. I will walk away from that. I'm sorry. What happens if you get sick? Especially if it's already alive and it's going through your body. Ill. <laughs> that is gross. Me and my mother were of the same where when it comes to lobster. Now, if you ever, ever go into a, a supermarket and you see the live lobster that are in the tank. Yeah. You bring home a live lobster to kill it and put it in boiling water. I can't do that. I'm sorry. That is the taking of an animal's life. That's like murder right there. Why would you do that? I always wondered about that when I was a little girl. I'm like, why are there lobster lying in the tank? My father said, well, when you ask for lobster, what they do is they give you live lobster. You bring it home. You put it in a pot of boiling water, and you hear them scream. I'm like, uh-uh, no. I will have to save the lobster's life. I was like, come on. Let's run for freedom. <laughs> I said, I do that with the chickens, too. I will tell you an experience I had growing up. When we went to Greece the first time, years ago, many years ago, I was about nine years old, we went over to, to see my father's brother's wife, which I didn't get along with her at all. And what she did was, and she knew I was standing there, I was nine years old at the time, she took a chicken, placed it on a log, chopped the head of the chicken off with an axe. I was like, did you really do that in front of me? So I had nightmares for a long time after that. I was like, Mom, Dad, can we go home now? <laughs> I did not want to. That was an image that will, I will never forget. And there are parts, some parts of the world that believe that once the animals are, you know, if you have them as a pet and you don't want them anymore, oh, it's time for me to eat them. And you want to chop their heads off? No, because if it were me, come on, make, let the chicken out to freedom over here. Come on, go, run, run for your life. <laughs> I cannot do that to an animal. Why would you? That's terrible. And some people have pets. They don't want the pets anymore. You're going to chop them up and eat them? That is gross, too. Terrible. Terrible. So that's why I say it's very important. It's very important to... Well, let's just put it this way. I don't like the idea of people slaughtering animals for food or for clothes or, you know, some people will kill a polar bear just for their fur to make a fur coat. I will, I refuse to wear fur of any kind. You're wearing a dead animal on your back. Don't you feel remorse for doing that? See, someone asked me one time, uh, will you wear leather? Yeah, I used to wear leather, but I found out where it came from and how it was made into leather from the animals that were abused and tortured for it. And I'm like, no way. I refuse to wear leather, fur, anything that has associated with an animal. Think of all the poor animals that get into these experiments that they use for lab testing. That's terrible too. What do you need to test animals for? And then what do you do after that when you don't need them anymore? You kill them? 
No. Unacceptable. See, out of the love for animals, all, all of, think of God. God, creatures, big and small, deserve life. Don't deserve to be treated, mistreated, abused, neglected, slaughtered. That's terrible. We're all God's children, and that includes animals and any living thing, plants, anything that's living. Did you think in this in this day and age people care? No. I was watching a documentary a long time ago on in Korea, and they actually, after they're done with the dogs and cats, and they don't want them as pets anymore. They kill them and eat them. Ill. Now, see, I have a cat. I can't. You know, that to me is terrible. Why would you do that to your own pet? You don't want the pet anymore. Give it away to a, a, a shelter. Let someone else have that pet. Don't kill them. And if they did that here, that would be very inhumane. Imagine going to a restaurant and you find out that the dish you're eating is made from an animal. An animal that once was somebody's pet. Oh, I would have nightmares from that. That's terrible, right there. Terrible. What's the matter with you people? Why would you do that? Ugh. The idea of someone doing that to it. Now, don't do that in front of me. Don't kill an animal in front of me. Because guess what? I would step in and save that animal. Just the way you save people. It could be a lifesaver of some sort. We are all God's creatures. We are all God's children. God blesses everybody, not just people. Animals get blessed too. They have a special, I forget when on the calendar, a special day where they bless all the animals. Every animal, big and small. They don't have to be just pets. They could be all animals. And that's that's a good thing. I think they, they do it. I don't know what month they do it at. And I wanted to do that with my cat, but then again, I don't think he would enjoy being in the car, number one. And number two, I'm just afraid he might escape. He might get lost somewhere in New York City and I'll never find him. <laughs> so no, I don't think that's a good idea. And actually, when I was growing up, I did have many different types of pets. I had hamsters. I had, um, what else did I have? No, I had hamsters. I had fish. Although fish, you got to make sure you clean their tanks because you don't want to put fish in dirty water or else they're going to die. Or if you overfeed them, they're going to belly up. I learned the hard way from a goldfish that I wanted at a carnival. I think I overfed it, and the next day I looked at the goldfish and it was floating on its stomach. I'm like, uh-oh, I killed the fish. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've had that. I've had, okay, my kitty cat. I've actually had a cat before. It was really smart. His name was Apollo. Apollo is the Greek god of war. A black and white cat with a raccoon face, one green eye, one brown eye and a big bushy tail. He was a very smart cat. We had him since he was about, I think he lived to be about 15, but he had cancer. Like all, like, like people, animals can get sick too and they can get major diseases, but I think it's a little different for animals than it is for people. And it just broke my heart because I had him since I was 15. I was a sophomore in high school. I remember that. We got our first pet. My father was surprised when we came home with the cat, though. They're like, oh my God, I thought you were just going there. Yeah, well, you know, we were like begging mom, please, please. We wanted to get two cats because they, they had his sister, too. His sister was a gray and white, and she goes, nope. She goes, she makes the final decision. So my mom made the final decision and made the cat black, you know, got the cat that was black and white, the male cat. 
He was a smart cat too. My mother loved him, but when, when he passed away, boy, it broke her heart. I was like, wow. See, that's what happens when you adopt an animal. You get so close to it, it becomes a part of your family, but when it gets sick, it's like, and then you lose it, it's terrible. I was crying, I was upset. And for the longest time, I had a hard time going down the steps because I was like, where it died, I, I just could not make myself go into that room. I would avoid it for many years. And then years later, I moved out and I came back and I had two cats. And, and the thing is, they were not declawed. See, I don't believe in declawing animals. I just think that for, for cats especially, they need to have their claws. You're amputating their feet. You're amputating them because they need that part. I mean, what happens if you're a cat? escapes and goes outside and cannot protect himself and comes into contact with another cat. The back claws are not going to do anything. They need their front claws. Now my cat does not go out. He doesn't go out. I don't let him out. Even though we've been here for a while now, I would still think that he, if he went out, he would get lost. He wouldn't come back and that would break my heart. So you think to yourself, it's better have him inside. You know, the, the, the lifespan of an indoor cat is far greater than an outdoor cat, but yet they can get sick too. And yes, I take him to the vet for his checkups and things like that. I don't do it frequently because I think that you really don't need to unless he has a physical illness. And then again, animals don't tell you if they're sick. Some do, some don't. Some will hide. Some you could just see right off the bat if they're losing a lot of weight, if they stopped eating, if they're just constantly like you know they don't move then you think to yourself yeah my cat is 17 Sebastian he's an orange and white cat but he's a polydactyl and you're like well, what's a polydactyl and I said polydactyl has is an, uh, an animal that has an additional six toe so when you look at him and you pick him up his feet are backwards but he's special in that way He's a good cat, but he's getting older. I don't know how long he'll last. I'm hoping he'll be around for his 18th uh, birthday, which is next April, but I don't know. You know, he's up there in senior. It, if you think about it in human years, it's okay. Cat years, he's 17. Human years, he's in his 90s. I don't know how far he can go. Cats do have nine lives. I've heard of cats that live up past a certain age, and I'm like, wow, that's really old. And you think, wow. And the hardest part is letting them go after they're sick. You know, whether you euthanize them or you hope to God that they die peacefully with no pain. And that's, sometimes that's difficult. Um, again, pets, I think, are important. But when you have children, I think you should have a pet. I think if, they, if your children ask you, can we have a cat or a dog or whatever? Yeah, sure, as long as you're responsible for it. It's good for them to learn how to take care of an animal, right? But I always suggest that you wait until kids are a certain age. Don't get them, don't get the pets and then have babies at the same time. Because you don't know how a pet's gonna react to a baby. So you have to wait till the children are at school age before you can get them a pet. And then they can learn about responsibility and how to take care of an animal and you know, then they have this 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 bond with each other, this close bond between animal and child. And they grow up together. It's like I grew up with, well, I was 15 when I had my first pet. But, um, and before that I had hamsters when I was younger. But hamsters, the only problem with hamsters, they're in a cage and they smell. For a little animal, they smell. Cats don't smell. Cats are constantly cleaning themselves. Well, everyone says, I'd rather have a cat than a dog. Dogs do smell. 
either you gotta bathe them yourself or bring them to a kennel and let them do it. And then you gotta take them out for a walk in bad weather. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Let someone else do that. <laughs> and you gotta pick up after them too, in terms of their, when they go to the bathroom. Whereas cats, they have a litter box they go in. And you clean up after them there. Although I've actually, when I was living in, in, in the last apartment, yeah. There was a guy who actually put his cat on a leash and would walk the cat. I'm like, literally? Wow. The cat expected that too. I'm like, well, I wish I could do that with mine, but mine I don't think would want to be having a leash around. Yeah, no. It all depends on the animal. Every, every animal has a different personality. Not all animals have the same personality. Some are friendly, some aren't. See, I find male... For animals, males are the best. Better than, I mean, I've had a female. Well, actually, I said I had two cats, but the one passed away. I felt bad. She was a black cat, and everybody's always saying black cats are bad luck. No, they're not. Cats are good luck. Look at the first Egyptians. The Egyptians revered the cat, made him a, a god, you know. They were, and they were animals that were lucky. You were lucky to have a cat in your home. So stop with all these superstitions, okay, people? Stop it. They're all superstitions. Like my guy cousins wouldn't come over when she when they both found out that I had a black cat in the house. And I'm like, what? Where are you getting all these superstitious nonsense from? Please. They wouldn't come. They didn't want to be in the same room with the cat. Well, I know my my one of my cousins, a female cousin, she's like, well, I had a bad experience when I was little with the cat. I'm like, what did they do? What did the cat do to you? You must have done something to the cat. See, cats, by nature, are very friendly creatures. You know, animals will sense, it doesn't matter if it's a cat or a dog or whatever, will sense fear in you. They will sense fear in you. So in other words, you know, they could tell if you're afraid or not. See, with me growing up, children and pets came to me because I didn't let the fear come out now unless of course if you have a, like a dog let's say and it has a, a it's trained to only recognize the people in the immediate family but with strangers you know animals will come and bark at you but then if you show that fear they sense it do not show fear towards animals think about that do not show fear it's like with people Although people are different from animals. And then one time, a long time ago, somebody said to me, who would you rather be around, people or animals? Animals. Because animals will show you love. They won't criticize you. They won't put you down. They won't attack you, whereas people will. Now my views have changed. You know, yes, I still love animals, but I like people too. You know, because people are important. We have to remember that people are important in this day and age. Especially now when times are tough. That's why myself, I, I say to myself, I'm a giving person. What do I mean by giving? Well, I have very little. I have very little. But, 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 I will give what I have. I will give what I have within reason, within limits, I will give. But a lot of people think, well, you know, you don't have to do that. Well, no, I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. You gotta understand something. There are people in this world, there are people that need a lot of different things. Shelter, 
a good education, food, clothes. You know, think about it in this term. Let's 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 compare people. Let's say you live in a beautiful home with every luxury that you have. You have clothes, you have you know, food, you have everything, right? Now, let's compare a person who doesn't have any of that, is living in a tiny little home, and there's, like, say there's a family of four. I always give the example, family of four, living in this tiny little home, they're on top of one another. They have, they're on top of one another. And you think to yourself, wow. And they don't have much of anything. Very little food, not decent clothes whatsoever. Their clothes are kind of like ripped and shredded or they're just like, you know, old. And you feel bad and you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm sitting here in my mansion with all this stuff. Now, this is what I don't understand because people in certain parts of the world revere material things. Why? Material things don't have feelings and emotions the way people do. I couldn't care less of all the things that I have. I can easily give them away in just one shot. Do you say to yourself, why? Why not? See, people matter to me in this day and age. Because if they didn't matter to me, I wouldn't be feeling the way I'm feeling now. Right? So then you think, well, there is a measure of compassion. There are people out there that are compassionate towards one another, right? Compassionate, kind, understanding. If you look at me, you wouldn't have thought, oh, she grew up poor. I did grow up poor. But if you look at me now, see now you can't base off of someone, they have money. Look how they're dressed. You don't know their situation, so you can't really assume. I told you I did an experiment with a friend of mine a long time ago. Actually, no, it was with my niece. We went into Nordstrom. I said, what are we doing here? Because the people behind, as soon as you walk in the door, boom. They look at you like, well, what is she doing here? She, she can't be, quote, has money. Or how do you know what I have or don't have? You're basing it off of what I'm wearing? How dare you? Is that what you do? Before people can come into your store, you make that assumption? I don't think they have money. Yeah, really? What happens if I pull out a whole thing of money? Are you gonna be surprised then? You wanna know something? In my lifetime, if I ever do come into money, I'm not gonna look the part. I'm just gonna still be me. Money will not change me, but you ever notice when people win a lottery or sweepstakes, all of a sudden, oh my God, they are not the person that you knew. You, not, you have not changed, you're still the same. Just because you come into money, that makes you better than me? Please. Don't change your attitude because of that. And people have done that. And I think that's wrong in this day and age. I really do. I really believe that that's wrong. But again, what do I know, right? My father gave us a great life. And I thank him for that. And I always say to myself, be grateful for what you have versus what you don't have. Be very grateful for the people in your life. Just be grateful. And if someone gives you something, say thank you. See, I have a hard time receiving, but that's just me. From past experience, it's just always been like that. I could always sit there and analyze what people have given me, whether it came from their heart or they just did it because they figured, well, you know, I'll just do it just to kind of, you know, give myself a good laugh, which is terrible. 
I've had people hurt me in the past from their stupid gifts that they've given me. They didn't think about what they were giving me, they just got it, thinking, oh, let's see her reaction. You should never ever do that, that's terrible. Terrible. Gauge someone's reaction by giving them a, a gift that didn't even come from the heart. Give from your heart, not from your wallet. I have told that to people, it matters. You know, I look at all the things in, in my past life with all these people that I were associated with, and I said to myself, you really didn't think this out. You just thought, oh, I'm gonna like this. If you give from your heart, that's one thing, but if you give from your wallet, that shows me that you're greedy and all you care about is what you have versus the people that don't have anything. Think about the people that don't have anything. I cannot celebrate the holidays knowing there are people that are sitting there with nothing. They don't have anything that they own that they can be proud of. I mean, I look at all the stuff around me and I'm thinking, what am I doing all this stuff that I can easily give to someone and make a smile on their face and make them happy? But that's impossible in this day and age. Huh, tell me about it. I'm thinking to myself, why? You know, I don't like that, it really bothers me. I can't sit there and have a holiday knowing that someone is suffering. It does not sit well with me. And you think to yourself, well, okay, I have all of this stuff and I can show you boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that I have and I'll gladly give it away. Gladly. Will it make me feel guilty? No. Will it make me feel happy? Yes, because I'm helping people. People, you need to understand this. You know, when you think of Christmas, what do you really think of? Christmas is not because they make Christmas out to be a commercial holiday and it's wrong. What's the true meaning of Christmas? Giving. Not receiving, giving. In many years of my life, whenever I go out to actually help people, to help them, to help them achieve their dreams and their goals, to give them a sense of purpose. We all have a sense of purpose in this lifetime. What is our sense of purpose? Well, for everybody it's different, but for me, for me, personally, giving back, helping others in need. Because again, I can't sit there and celebrate and have a feast with people knowing that there are people starving, that are living in poor conditions, that there's poverty and violence all around. You can't even walk outside your own home or walk down the street without worrying if someone's gonna come at you. That's no way to live, I'm sorry. And is anything being done about it? No, because when you say to people, well, you know, it's not my problem. It is your problem. It's the world's problem. It's the world's problem. That one person can go down there and make a difference. And I like to think I can be that person. And if ever in my lifetime I get an award, the only award I want is a trophy with my name on it. That would make me happy. I do not want compensation. If I get compensation, well, guess what? It will be given back. Give it to people who need it more. Food, shelter, education, and everything in between. And healthcare too, because think about this. What if there's somebody dying as we speak right now? They're battling an illness and they think to themselves, I don't have anybody in my life to kind of push me forward, so I'm just gonna give up. Don't have that mentality. People care. We care. God cares. But if you give up on your life, then you're never gonna find out what you could have become what you could do to help others. You survived, I survived, I'm here, I'm a survivor. That's my nickname, survivor, survivor. Be positive, be positive. 
Don't be negative. When you're negative, you're not going to get the things you want out of life. But if you're positive, things will happen. They will happen slowly. They're not going to happen right away. Because again, if you believe in miracles, you pray every single day, and you believe in God, good things can happen. Okay? Trust me on this. I have lived life. If I could tell you my story in one word, survivor. Survivor. So I'm going to end it right now because I think I'm going off the subject here. But I'm going to tell everybody, have a great weekend. Stay positive. Stay strong. God bless all of you. Take care. Thank you.